and welcome to the New Model Advisor podcast. I'm Laura Perkis. I'm a reporter here at New Model Advisor, and this is the first of a new series of podcasts where I'll be speaking to people from across the industry about challenges they've faced in their personal lives and how they've juggled this with their professional lives. So for this first episode, I'm joined by James Onley, a corporate communications specialist who, until recently, was the global head of media relations at Standard Life Aberdeen. Hi, James. How are you today? I'm good, thanks, Laura. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Um, so for anyone listening, uh, we've got a pretty crazy story today. In 2017, James had an epileptic seizure that left him with a cracked skull and in need of some serious surgery. So James, I'm sorry to make you tell this story again, but could you please talk us through what happened? No problem, Laura. So yeah, I've had epilepsy since I was maybe 18, 19. I had my first fit when I was uh, at university. And um, yeah, so um, that September back in 2017, I kind of nipped out uh, to get grab a sandwich for lunch. And I was walking along the street and had a uh, seizure and cracked my head on the uh, pavement. And uh, <clears throat> someone, um, someone passing by called the ambulance i was kind of rushed to hospital and um they kind of uh discovered as well as me having a uh, epileptic fit i um i'd kind of uh cracked my uh fractured my skull and uh, developed some blood clots on on my brain so um which was pretty serious kind of um, life or death kind of situation so they had to uh, remove part of my skull to get to the blood clots and deal with them, remove them, and then um, staple my, that part of the skull back on again. So, uh, yeah, it was a, um, none of this I can remember. Kind of, I was just told about it afterwards, basically. That is a very eventful lunchtime. <laughs> Hopefully the only lunchtime of that kind I ever experience again. Hopefully, touch wood. So you said you don't remember much of the experience or any of the experience. So what was your first thought when you came around in hospital afterwards? I think kind of a um, good question. I think it was just where, <laughs> where the hell am I? Why am I here? And uh, I'm not feeling too great. So, um, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, those were kind of my immediate thoughts. And then the kind of fantastic doctors and nurses kind of uh, explained it to me and um, kind of uh, and then I kind of friends and family kind of uh, trooped in to uh, see me. So how did your friends and family find out what happened and, and how did they react as well? Yeah, so um, kind of, um, that's uh, kind of one of my colleagues in um, Aberdeen Asset Management, Aberdeen Standard Investments was uh, Amy Morton who works in HR and her, one of her kind of uh, colleagues from Edinburgh had flown down and uh, she told Amy, oh, well, have you seen what's happening outside? There's an ambulance. Someone's been um, kind of, uh, someone's collapsed and uh, they've been taken to hospital. And Amy said, oh, right, okay. Kind of, uh, what do, they, do you know who it was? What did they look like? No idea who it was. He tore with glasses. And so Amy thought, it probably isn't James, but I'll just double check because she knew I'd kind of had a history of having the odd epileptic fit. So uh, she tried to get in touch with me via phone and um, email and kind of, I was nowhere to be seen or nowhere to be heard. And I think 
kind of one colleague thought I'd gone off to a conference or something. So, um, and this kind of, uh, Amy kind of kept trying to contact me throughout the afternoon and in the evening when she was at home, it was still kind of troubling her. So she thought, look, I'm, get it off my mind. It probably isn't James, but I'll phone some of the hospitals. And the third hospital she phoned was Royal London. And, uh, yeah, she had discovered I had been, I was, I was the man who'd been uh, admitted and uh, kind of, um, then she kind of contacted my friends kind of who came rushed from uh, Rygate in Surrey to uh, see me and uh, they contacted my family and they kind of, my sister caught the tra first train down in the morning to uh, kind of see me. That is very lucky and very good intuition of your colleague, Amy. There, yeah, yeah, she's excellent. She's brilliant. So how did your colleagues react when they heard and, and did you get many messages from them or did anyone reach out? Yeah, I think kind of I had some amazing messages and kind of get well soon kind of uh, messages from colleagues around the world, Australia, Asia, Europe, America's kind of uh, just wishing me well. So that was kind of, uplifting kind of really nice kind of that they all cared so uh, that was pretty good did any particular colleague interaction stick out with you that you remember well yeah i did get an one email from uh, my then boss um martin gilbert who uh said kind of uh, i do not want to receive an email f from you for at least a month uh, because he he knew I've got kind of I'm um, a bit kind of twenty four seven on email and uh, kind of I've got a habit of just uh, emailing at all hours and he kind of just said basically he was implicitly saying you need to rest up and just do nothing for the next month and kind of get a full recovery. That's brilliant. It sounds like you're a bit like me and that you, you're a bit of a workaholic. So I was going to ask if you felt much pressure to return to work, but it sounds like you actually got pressured the other way to not return to work. Yeah, I, I, I was probably giving myself pressure to return to work and, uh, and my colleagues knew what I was like. So they kind of really, really kind of wanted to make sure I'd kind of recovered fully. They wanted a kind of doctor sign off that I'd, I'm fit to go back to work. And even after that, there was kind of, uh, they only say, they, they said, look, just come back for four hours per day, three days a week, and then just gradually get back into it. And they were really good. They were kind of, they knew, they knew I'd kind of, um, I'm pretty uh, dedicated to my work. So uh, they kind of knew I had to be kind of restrained in that way. So did you feel reassured, even though you wanted to go back to work, that the work that you needed to be doing was, was covered by other people? Yeah, I was, it was, I think I was completely kind of confident in the team back in the office kind of delivering and uh, because they're all great people i think i was probably particularly when i was in hospital i was just probably uh doing emails to them and uh kind of reading citywire kind of uh, website just to uh relieve the kind of boredom of being kind of confined to kind of um bed in a hospital ward kind of with nothing to do so um yeah, I was I had complete confidence in the uh, team back in the office. That kind of they do, they do a fantastic job. So, in light of what happened, you were obviously you were off work for quite a long time. 
So how important do you think it is that your colleagues and your company are really supportive and give you that space to, to fully recover as opposed to, to feeling pressured to come back to work quickly? Yeah, I think, no, I, I think that's really important. I think ev everyone in the work environment are going through so many different issues, kind of particularly in this kind of COVID environment. And they don't kind of, when they leave home or when they did leave home pre-lockdown uh, <laughs> and go to the office, they don't leave their kind of troubles behind them or their kind of family or health or issues behind them. So kind of it is so important that kind of employers kind of are conscious of that and kind of uh, support their kind of um, employees when they're going through kind of difficult times as I was. So um, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's so important and kind of I've got a lot of respect for the people and kind of kind of a lot to be thankful that I, I worked for such a uh, caring organisation. It's interesting that you said that word respect because I know a lot of people say, that I've spoken to about things like this have said how they, they really come to respect managers or people above them who, who deal with it really well when they go through something like this. So, um, I mean, can you think of a specific example of something or, or one action that someone above you, a manager or something, did that made you feel really supported? I think, well, it's probably kind of the implicit email that or message Martin gave in his email would be stands out, I think. And I think it's, I think kind of, uh, kind of, colleagues like Amy kind of uh, kind of the head of European marketing uh, Stephanie Gordon who came to kind of visit me at my house kind of see if I was okay and just when I got back to work kind of to kind of the support I got from everyone kind of throughout the organization from the guys and girls who uh, were working the post room through to kind of senior management so um, yeah it's it's it was it was throughout the organisation. It was kind of just very uplifting. Brilliant. That's really it's really nice to hear um, from a big organisation like Standard Life as well. That so many people know. It's really nice to hear that that's that's what it's like inside. Yeah. Um, so you said that your workplace as well were aware that you had epilepsy. I think I think you told me that. Correct me if I'm wrong. But um, yeah, yeah. Why do you think it's so important for people to to make their medical conditions, uh, make their workplace aware of their medical conditions? I think, uh, well, I think it's, it's really important, but I think there's probably cases where it's so personal and kind of, and people want to keep it confidential, which I completely understand. But in my situation, I think kind of, and it's important to be kind of open because I'm kind of, I have a kind of epileptic fit and I recover afterwards and kind of, I've got no, I've got no idea what happened, what it looked like or whatever, but it, I think it, it can be distressing and alarming to people to see someone having a kind of seizure. And uh, so and just knowing what to do and whether this is normal or abnormal or kind of first time. So for me, I think it was kind of very important to uh, let people know. And so, so they're not kind of shocked or kind of alarmed by it. They're kind of right. Okay. So I know this you, is what's happening. 
I know yours is, is a quite a medical condition and it's it's interesting that you said that obviously a lot of people have quite personal issues that they don't want to share with their employers. So, um, I mean, what, what would you say to those people who feel like they they don't want to share this information? I think I would kind of, I would kind of, I would, th- I would say suggest think about it and think about it deeply. And then I think it's kind of, and then also consider who you want to con- share it with at work, kind of, because you don't have to kind of share it kind of with the whole organization or everyone in the office. You can share it with close colleagues, people you sit next to, or someone in HR or kind of some a friend in another department. But I think it's important to let one or two people know or kind of, uh, because I think, it, they should provide the support you need and uh, kind of in any good organization, it's important to support one another. Absolutely. Uh, You in particular have been very open about your experience and you've shared it on social media and you shared a very graphic photo of your skull, which was the first photo of skull I've ever seen. (laughs) Very interesting. Um, But I mean, why, why have you felt it's been so important for you to share your experience and raise awareness of what happened? I think, I think it's important to kind of uh, share it kind of for a few reasons. It's kind of epilepsy kind of is sometimes perceived as kind of a disability or kind of a uh, kind of a death nail or kind of, um, and it's, and I must admit, I've not got it as bad as uh, a lot of people and people suffer from seizures on a daily, if not an hourly basis, which is, I, I can't imagine what's that, what that is like. But I think it's important to be open about these kind of, um, these kind of, uh, kind of uh, disabilities or whatever, however you want to c- characterize them. So they are normal. Everyone has their own kind of, um, problems so um i think it's important and just to share on that so kind of i was heartened when kind of a footballer kind of uh, ryan mason kind of uh, discussed his epilepsy kind of which was amazing i think it's just sharing and just kind of making in making people more aware of the uh, kind of issues around epilepsy so and also that you can you can have epilepsy and you can, it, it shouldn't harm you in terms of just getting on with your kind of job. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so on, on the other side, obviously this, this affected your physical health, but did the injury leave any short-term or lasting impact on your mental well-being? And if so, sort of how did it make you feel? Um, I think, I don't think... I don't think it's had a kind of impact on my kind of mental well-being. I think I hadn't kind of suffered a, a fit for a few years, so it was a bit of a um, a reminder and a nudge that I've got this, so I just need to be uh, kind of careful or just be aware that I'm, I've got I've got epilepsy and um, kind of keep keep taking the medication and um, so yeah there wasn't any kind of long lasting kind of mental effects I think it just kind of it was a 
it, it was a reminder that I've got epilepsy. Have you actually had any fits or seizures since your last, uh, the, this big episode, or was that the last one? You- yeah, I had one in um, in in the March, in uh, March uh, 2018, so six months after that, where kind of, um, yeah, so I had one in March, and then I think I had one in, in the May, May 2018. So yeah, I had kind of, and I think part of that was perhaps kind of, um, just the damage I'd, I'd done to kind of my, to the, my brain kind of, um, and uh, so it was just adjusting. But since since those two episodes kind of, the one in March was on a Saturday, I was kind of walking to the supermarket to get some groceries. And then uh, the one in May, I was in the office in a stairwell. So um, it's just, but since then, yeah, I've been fit free, which has been amazing. So. Uh, Brilliant. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, yeah. And touch, touch wood, you don't have another episode like that yeah. again. Um, so I suppose has, has the incident, this big incident, had, it had any impact on how you go about your daily life? Has it made you think, take any more precautions than you used to? Or do you feel like you just have to get on with it and whatever happens, happens? I think, yeah, in part, it's just you need to get on with it. I think um, it's... Um, yeah, I just need to take my medication and uh, just, um, yeah, just get on with it. And just, uh, as, as I said before, I think kind of um, you can't you can't let things like epilepsy kind of rule your life. You need to get on, get on with it, in my mind. So um, you just, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I've not um, kind of um, – hasn't changed me, I don't think. Brilliant. Well, you're very optimistic about uh, your experience and what what you've been through. Um, So what advice would you give to someone who right now is going through something traumatic and, uh, you know, can't see the the other side? What what would you say to them about the future? I think, I think kind of, uh, I think it's always good to talk. I think whoever you're talking to, whether it's kind of um, your housemate, your family, kind of your friend down the road or kind of, a work colleague, I think it is always good to talk because the kind of issue you're kind of struggling with or is not is not insurmountable. It's kind of you can you can look forward and kind of and be constructive how you're gonna get over it or kind of conquer it or or however you want to uh, whatever it is. And yeah, always good to talk and I think also kind of, um, yeah, I think it's important to be optimistic and kind of look forward rather than kind of dwell on kind of what's, what the matter is or what you're suffering from. I think it's always important to move forward. From, from when you finish, just a, a quick follow up to that. What, what did you tell yourself in terms of moving forward? You know, how 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 did you get past past what happened? I think, I think kind of. Um, well, I think part part of it, as I said before, I think for a lot in a lot of these situations, it's worse for the uh, kind of uh, your friends and family when when they hear from the doctors and nurses what you've been through and also seeing you kind of uh, 
with bruises around your, your face and uh, head in a hospital bed, kind of. So I think it's a lot worse for them. And um, for me, it was kind of just important to recover and then get back to normal, get back to work and uh, kind of uh, get back to life, basically. So I think... And that's, I think it's important for people to remember that it's kind of sometimes, well, for me in particular, it's kind of, it's sometimes it's worse for the actual, uh, for your friends and family because they're actually seeing it. Where, whereas I was out of it for most of the time, asleep or kind of uh, under the knife on, on the operation operating table. So, um, yeah. So you, your family are all there uh, crying and, and worried about you and you're just, you don't even know what's been going on. You just wake up. Hey, yeah, yeah, no, that's probably a good way of describing it. I'm kind of, uh, and I'm probably also kind of saying, I kind of, uh, I had the operation yesterday. I can probably go home today. It's kind of, I'm feeling fine. And uh, doctors, nurses, my mum and dad, kind of my friends are saying, no, you've got another seven days in here. <laughs> you cannot. <laughs> and your manager's saying no emails for a month and you're saying, but I'm fine. I want to go yeah. back to work. So, um, exactly. So you wanted to go back to work, but um, what advice would you give to, to managers sort of like pe- doing things like Martin Gilbert did in, in terms of um, being reassuring and supporting staff who go through something like this? What, what would you tell them? I think, I think it depends on the actual individuals. For me, it was kind of the kind of Martin and uh, my colleagues were right to, uh, tell me to get off email and kind of just rest and recover and kind of not come back to work until I'm fully recovered. Um, and also get a doctor to uh, confirm that I'm fully recovered rather than <laughs> taking my word for it. If they took my word for it, I'd be back in the office in two days time, probably. So, um, but I think it's also kind of, um, important to kind of recognize as when I was in the hospital, I had nothing to do. I was twiddling my thumbs kind of just, um, it was very boring. So kind of just looking up reading CityWise website or kind of sending the odd email to colleagues kind of, uh, it just felt filled the time for me basically. So, um, kind of, um, and they probably got that. So, uh, it was probably, reducing the amount of emails rather than banning the emails, which is probably the right approach. Yeah, good approach. I, I really appreciate the CityWire shout-outs, so thank you for that. <laughs> so you, you left uh, Standard Life Aberdeen uh, last year, in, is that right? Yeah. So what are your what are your plans for this year professionally? What What's your new venture that you're, you're doing at the moment? I don't know. I think kind of... After kind of uh, 20 years with Aberdeen, what was Aberdeen and now kind of standard life Aberdeen, I just felt kind of perhaps prompted by uh, kind of COVID-19 kind of uh, working from home kind of, I was feeling like there was a risk of going stale. So I I did not want that. So um, I thought it was time for a change and a new, a new venture so um kind of i left decided to leave kind of um standard life aberdeen um and kind of look to something new i've got no idea what that new thing is it'll probably will be in asset management but 
I suspect it'll be either working for an agency or working for a uh, a boutique or smaller smaller business. I've I've done the kind of blue chip kind of asset management, I think. So, uh, or if a completely different opportunity comes up, I'll be uh, I might well go in that direction. But at the moment, I'm I'm quite happy, kind of uh, just um, biding my time. I think kind of. Uh, I think more opportunities will probably arise later in the year when we're hopefully, fingers crossed, we're, we're through this uh, or we've conquered this uh, pandemic. Fingers crossed, that would be great. Uh, sounds good. Yeah. So, yeah, what about what about personal plans then for 2021? Kind of personal plans. Um, probably uh, may take a ho- holiday, depending on the kind of traveller restrictions. <laughs> Uh, I've actually kind of in lockdown, I've got into kind of uh, my running. So uh, for the first time ever in my life, so uh, kind of uh, I'm starting to, I probably call it actually staggering than running, but um, it's kind of, uh, so I'm I'm getting into that. And uh, so uh, I'll probably try and kind of build on that kind of, I think a, uh, a marathon is a long way off, but <laughs> and maybe a half marathon later in the year you never know oh, and then you. kind of fingers crossed kind of ideal dream scenario would be actually uh, to go to a pub and have a pint but <laughs> but good. i think that's that may be summer so uh, we'll see that's too ambitious the running's running's more likely to happen than the pub at the moment i think <laughs> yeah um, and I've only ever done staggering. I've never done running. So, you know, you're doing better than me. Um, brilliant. Well, I think we'll leave it there, shall we? I've grilled you to death about what happened. So thank you so much, James, for talking to me. Thank and, you, uh, Laura. Thanks for inviting me on. And a fantastic idea for a podcast. I think it's important that uh, people are a bit more open and uh, kind of, uh, kind of, I think people want to listen to these stories. Probably not my story, but I'm sure there'll be uh, more interesting stories. They definitely want to listen to your story. It's a great story to start with. It's a, definitely a shocking one. I saw the picture of your skull and I was I was scared. So, um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And um, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. <laughs>